0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arrow Helps Entrepreneurs Increase Visibility, Credibility, and Profitability. Today, I'm super excited to have our, our guest uh, guest on with us today. And we have uh, with us today, uh, Josh Steinle, who is an entrepreneur, a longtime entrepreneur, currently has a marketing uh, agency, is very focused on helping executives to uh, become thought leaders is uh, 300 articles that are actually published, I- including uh, publications in Fortune, Masterable, Entrepreneur, TechCrunch, Time, and Fast Company. And he's even gone so far as to uh, spend the week on on an island with Richard Branson and many other top uh, top high-performing executives throughout the, con- throughout the world. Uh, Josh, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hey, Earl, Thanks for having me on. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And
0: in terms of the the actual introduction, anything, you know, like to add or or kind of share about sort of what you do and sort of what, uh, what has brought us to our conversation for today?
1: Well, you kind of covered some of the main points there. I also wrote a book called Chief Marketing Officers at Work. I interviewed a bunch of CMOs, which was an amazing experience. I got to speak with CMOs from companies like Target, Spotify, GE, and many others. And yeah. I love talking about marketing. I love talking about the experiences I've had with my marketing agency, mostly failure, but that's where you learn. And I love sharing the lessons that come out of that failure. And then things have gone really well the last few mo- years. And I love talking about how we overcame that fail- failure and learned how to turn things around and get successful as well.
0: Yeah, that's great. Those are all those are all really uh, really good topics. And I think that's some of the the reason that we we've connected and we initially really kind of connected via LinkedIn, uh, where we've uh, you know been been active and had kind of taken the uh, the connection offline, had some conversation, and that really afforded us the opportunity to kind of understand more of what each other does. And really, for today, what we wanted to kind of focus our conversation on is kind of talking a little bit more uh, really about how to uh, how to help uh, executives or or people that are in. Uh, business that want to become a thought leader, uh, helping you know entrepreneurs you know grow their business uh, via uh, thought leadership, and this is something I think that's really unique with the experience that you, that you've had, and wanted to, wanted to kind of delve a little bit more into that uh, to share a little bit about how thought leadership can help uh, an entrepreneur to grow their business and and how you've been able to you know to integrate that into uh, your business pursuits.
1: Yep. Thought leadership definitely saved my business and has helped us to grow way beyond what I ever expected. And today we live in an age where it's easier than ever to write a blog post or write on LinkedIn or record a podcast or do the things that are, are thought leadership and share your ideas and serve others. And so I love talking about that because it's so easy to do. And yet there's so many people who are afraid to jump in and So one of my goals is to help people feel a little bit less afraid about jumping in and starting to do it because there's so many opportunities to help other people that way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It might be. I wonder if it's just that uh, people are maybe kind of unfamiliar with a lot of the opportunities. Maybe they don't have the perspective of what the ROI of those activities would be. And a lot of people that are in business are really very focused on, you know, the actual ROI of their activities. Uh, or it may just be particular. You know, you mentioned fear. Uh, that's related to. You know, I guess it could be any number of things. But uh, what would you say some of the, I guess the main uh, hesitations are that people would have, or or difficulties that people, you know, entrepreneurs might have in trying to step into the thought leadership space and trying to build, uh, build from there.
1: That ROI is definitely one of them. I think with LinkedIn, which that's how we met, and we both use LinkedIn extensively. But for years with LinkedIn, if somebody had asked me, hey, what have you really gotten out of LinkedIn? I would have said, oh, I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like I have to be there because everybody else is there. And, you know, I've got my resume up there and people can look at it. But I could never really point to any value I had really gotten out of it or that I was contributing to anybody else. But within the last two years, LinkedIn has turned into this amazing tool for sharing content and making meaningful connections with other people. And so I've seen LinkedIn turn into this great tool and I've been able to share lots of content there that now has generated leads and sales for my business. I've of course hired tons of people off of LinkedIn and it's, just amazing these days what it can do for your business in terms of PR and exposure and finding clients, finding customers. I've written posts on LinkedIn that have gotten viewed millions of times. I've gotten into major publications because of content I've posted to LinkedIn, and so LinkedIn is one of these great tools and it's completely free. I mean, you can upgrade to these other packages, but you can post content on there for free and you can engage in real thought leadership there. So that's one of these amazing tools that really has a great ROI if you invest in it. But if somebody invested in it five years ago, they might not have gotten that. But these days, the last year or two, especially, it's just been amazing.
0: Yeah. That, that's uh that's really great to hear, especially from somebody that's had really a lot of success. And I think that what I, what I see a lot on LinkedIn is you know, there are a lot of people that are uh, maybe speaking about really the benefits of creating engagement and really posting particular types of topics and trying to build through there. And the other thing that I also hear is a lot of people really talking about what is the ROI of this and there's some skepticism with it. And I think that relates probably to a lot of the social media uh, platforms, although there's clearly a lot of people that are, are pointing out and saying for business specifically that there's really a lot of ways to sort of monetize these activities and there's a direct correlation to the, the type of content and the amount and consistency of, to, consistency of the content. And ultimately, sort of converting that into something that, you know, does put money in, in the pocket. Um, what I think might be really interesting as well, uh, Josh, maybe. So in this case, really the, the story of uh, really your experience with your, you know, with your company and what kind of got you to start taking a look into maybe getting published and the actual, you know, bottom line sort of result that came from that, from the success of one of the particular articles you had published. Uh, it sounds like it would you know, maybe be really helpful to kind of share uh, here today. Uh, maybe you can share a little bit about
1: that. Sure. So my company, MWI, it's a marketing agency. We do SEO, social media, content marketing, that type of stuff. And I started it in 1999 when I was a college student. And the business really failed its way forward for the next 10 or so years. It was successful enough to keep me going because big success always seemed to be just around the corner but it was never doing really well. It was never something I could look at and say, hey, this is a really successful business. It was just always on the horizon, that success. So I was constantly chasing that and trying to keep my head above water. And then in 2013, we almost went out of business. We had hired an account manager and I'm not sure exactly what he was doing managing the accounts, but he lost almost all of our clients in a really short amount of time. And all of a sudden we found ourselves with, three clients, more expenses than we had, income coming in, and I was desperate to find new clients, and we fixed the problem. We got rid of that account manager. We weren't losing the clients anymore, but we barely had any left, and I needed to get these new clients in fast. I needed to find a way to get the word out about what we were doing, and I turned to one of my friends who's an expert at PR, and I said, hey, what can we do here in terms of PR? Is there something we can do to get some exposure and get some clients quickly and she said well instead of going to these publications and trying to get them to write articles about you what you should really be doing is writing articles yourself for these publications and talking about marketing and talking about your story and what you're doing and I said well that sounds interesting I like writing I had had a blog for a few years and so she got me an article in Fast Company She made a connection there and I was able to get published. And I thought, well, that's fun. I mean, I've never been published in a big magazine like that before. And so that felt great and we didn't get any business out of it. But still, I thought, well, hey, I get the logo on my website. Now I can say as seen in Fast Company. And then I had noticed that she was writing for Forbes as a regular columnist. And I went to her and I was like, hey, I see that you're writing for Forbes. Like, how do you run a company and do this at the same time? How are you a journalist and a business owner? And she said, well, I'm not a journalist. I'm a contributor. And I had never heard this term before. I said, well, what's a contributor? And she said, well, I get to write for Forbes. I'm not a paid journalist. I just get to publish articles there. And I said, well, why would you write for free all the time for this magazine? And She said, Josh, I'm in PR. This is exposure. I get the word out about what I'm doing. I get to talk about PR on this huge platform on Forbes. That's major credibility for me and it brings me clients. And I said, oh, okay, that makes sense. She said, hey, my editor's coming to town in two weeks. I'll make an introduction. Maybe you could write for Forbes too. And I almost made the biggest mistake of my life here. I almost turned her down because I was so busy trying to save my business. So I was really tempted to say, nah, thanks, but no thanks. I'm too busy. I don't have time to write. But instead, I kept my mouth shut and I just said, wow, thank you so much. That'd be great. I'd love an introduction. So she introduced me to her editor and I got on at Forbes as a contributor and I started writing articles there. And at first, because this opportunity had just dropped in my lap and I didn't know what I was doing, at first I was just writing articles about whatever was interesting to me, entrepreneurship and just all sorts of stuff all over the place. I didn't have a clear idea about my personal brand, who I was or who my audience was. But after a few months, I figured out, okay, I should be writing about marketing. And I started writing about marketing and I started really targeting people who were looking to hire marketing agencies like mine. And once I figured that out and started giving out marketing tips and helping people figure out how to hire marketing companies, then we started getting tons of leads and the business just exploded we had so many leads coming in we could barely handle it and over the next year we grew about 1400 percent, and it saved our business and we had record revenue coming in and we were able to hire and grow and it just led to all sorts of amazing things so I'm just a normal guy I'm not a journalist I didn't go to journalism school I'm not an expert writer but once I started writing for Forbes and had that platform, then amazing things started happening to me.
0: That's, uh, I think that is just really a, an amazing sort of a- example. And uh, what, I, what I think really resonates you know, with me uh, here, and I think that a lot of people would, would hear this from what you're saying, is really the opportunities that were created from producing content on such a large platform. And even thinking about the ROI of it, you uh, spent a lot of time, you know, really trying to figure out this space without knowing exactly where it would lead, but kind of thinking and seeing that uh, there was a potential to, you know, have some positive impact for your business and your pursuits. And ultimately, it created some, some really unique opportunities that translated to, you know, leads, relationships, conversations, and a different perspective from other people that really ultimately translated into, you know, business for you and, and new opportunities.
1: Yeah. I mean, the ROI has been incredible. I can track over $5 million in revenue to the writing that I've done for Forbes and now 20 other publications that I got into. And so when people ask me, why are you writing for free? You're just giving it away. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm getting paid. I'm getting paid really well for this writing. It's just not directly from the publications. It's coming about in another way. It's coming through exposure and the attention that this drives for me and then by extension my company and so i'm definitely getting paid
0: absolutely well that's great now I, i think it would be really it would make a lot of sense to try to translate this also to uh to really some of the activities when we think of linkedin or overall social media and i think that's one thing that would probably make some sense to you know to uh to get into and as well, I know that there are, uh, you know, some of the uh, focus that you have also is in helping entrepreneurs really with trying to uh, get more results out of LinkedIn also. And, you know, so in this case, that's a big focus for me as well. Uh, when we think of, uh, think of LinkedIn and think of sort of uh, different activities that uh, might be sort of uh, important to uh, daily and weekly be doing, and you know, I'm sure some of that relates also to some of the activities for really for any type of thought leadership, uh, you know, what, what would you say are some of the sort of the, the core sort of uh, ongoing concepts that are really important to be implementing as you're trying to grow in your thought leadership to, you know, lead towards new opportunities?
1: Well, the first step before diving into any type of thought leadership, whether it's on LinkedIn or Forbes or any other platform, is figuring out your personal brand. And this is what I didn't have together with Forbes. And so even when I had that huge platform of Forbes and I was writing content at least once a week, if not two or three times a week, it did nothing for me until I figured out my personal brand and got aligned. And so there are four questions that everybody has to answer before they can experience that kind of success on any platform. The first question is, who are you? What do you write about or what kind? what's your focus and what makes you special? What makes you an expert and what do people want to hear from you? What are you passionate about? The second question is, who's your audience? Who are you targeting? Who are you talking to? When you don't know the answers to those two questions, it makes it really hard to connect with anybody because then you're just shooting all over the place and you're producing content here and there and there's no real focus to it. once you can answer those two questions, then you can get focused and then you get known as the such and such person. So you might be the marketing gal gal who knows everything about marketing or you're the guy who knows everything about computers or you know everything about LinkedIn. But until you figure that out, it's really hard to get known for anything. And then of course, nothing happens when you're not known for a certain thing. And then the next question is, what's your message? What are you trying to communicate? And the fourth question is, What's the best channel for that? Where is your audience hanging out? And how are you going to deliver your message to them? So once you can answer those four questions, then it's easy to align things. You come up with lots of ideas. You don't get writer's block. I have more ideas than I know what to do with in terms of being able to write about topics and such because I know the answers to those four questions. So it makes it very easy for me to wake up every day, get on LinkedIn. And it's a matter of, man, I've got 20 ideas of things I could talk about here related to thought leadership and influence and growing your personal brand. It's which one of these do I choose to write about today, but I've got tons of ideas and it makes it really easy to get out and create content.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's phenomenal. I, it brought to mind uh, this uh, concept I was thinking about actually this morning before we spoke and it, uh, th- this concept was forget what you want, but figure out who you are and just drill down on that. Yeah, and it seems like uh, one of the struggles that a lot of people may have when it comes to really trying to even just be an entrepreneur, uh, but thinking of trying to lead thought might be really, you know, kind of being so so much more concerned with what they're trying to what they're trying to get, thinking more in terms of who they are and trying to drill down. Then it becomes a lot more organic, and you know, uh, you connect with more people. And like you said, I think become a lot more referable.
1: Yeah, and sometimes it's hard for us because we think, well. I know lots of things. I mean, I could be an expert at all sorts of things. So we write about all sorts of things, but we have no focus. And so we don't get known for anything. And one way to drill down or an exercise I lead people through, I've coaching clients and such. And so when I sit down with clients, I'll say, okay, let's talk about, let's make a list of everything that you're good at, that you could say, I'm sort of an expert at these topics. So we'll write a bunch of topics down we will say, okay, you're good at marketing and maybe you know a lot about cryptocurrencies and maybe you know about, there's just all sorts of different things that you might know about. We make a big list of all those things. And then we start combining items because for example, marketing, I know a lot about marketing agency for 20 years, but there are 10,000 other people out there who have marketing agencies too. So I'm nobody special just because I've run a marketing agency. But I also know about other things. For example, skateboarding. I know a lot about skateboarding, but hey, there are 10 million other skateboarders out there too. So that doesn't make me special either. But when I combine those two things and I overlap them and I say, well, who knows more about marketing and skateboarding than I do? That puts me in a small group already. There might be 10 people out there who know as much about both skateboarding and marketing as I do. So if I wanted to be the guy who says, hey, I go out and I consult with brands who are interested in the skateboarding marketing or skateboard world, and I help them with their marketing, I could build a career around that because I have really unique knowledge that overlaps those two areas. So if you sit down and you make a list of all your expert zones, and you say, okay, here are all my expert zones. Now let's play around overlapping one or two or three or more of these areas to see what comes up. Then you can find what's called your genius zone, which is that area where if you don't focus on that topic, there's nobody else who's going to replace you. So you might look at, maybe you're an expert on venture capital and you say, well, I could write about venture capital, but hey, if I don't write about venture capital, nobody's gonna miss it because there are tons of other people out there writing about it. But if you create these overlaps and find that genius zone, is there something that you can talk about, write about, create content about, that nobody else can cover the way that you would be able to because it's such a rare overlap. And once you find that, then that might be your special area. And you might have multiple genius zones that you could focus on, but it's really searching for that thing that's unique that nobody else can really talk about quite the way that you can.
0: That's probably one of the most profound pieces of perspective I've heard in in quite a long time. I think that that perspective alone will uh, will really change uh, or give direction for a lot of people. That that's that's really an amazing way to uh, to look at and kind of niching down your your focus.
1: Well, I got a lot of that from a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It's a great book. He talks about this idea of a genius zone. And so, if if you like that, go read the book The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It's a great read.
0: Okay, that's uh yeah, that's definitely going to go on my read list um so so, I guess so from here, uh, there are a couple of other areas that we could you know probably at this point talk about, and uh, I would like to give an opportunity for you to kind of share a little bit more about what's kind of unique with your company influencer Inc and sort of how you're sort of helping within different spaces within thought leadership. Uh, to help entrepreneurs and definitely want to get an opportunity to uh talk a little bit more about two interesting things about you that people uh kind of alluded to one at the beginning of the a podcast but uh the fact that you live in China and uh how that has sort of uh happened and number number two your experience with Richard Branson and the you know the invitation to to go onto an island with Richard Branson for you know for a week and that that's just an experience that you know I think really would be something amazing just is not very common uh so um but uh before going into that can you tell us a little more with influencer inc sort of how you sort of integrate some of these concepts to you know to help entrepreneurs to really kind of step into thought leadership and and to help them through that process
1: sure so as i was saying earlier i have this marketing agency mwi that i started in 1999 i've run for 20 years or so and when I started writing for Forbes and all these other publications. It turned my business around, and then it led to speaking opportunities. I did a TEDx talk, and I get to speak at events worldwide now about marketing and about influence and personal branding, and it led to this book deal where I got to write this book, Chief Marketing Officers at Work, and interview all these different marketers and such. When I started to have this success with speaking and writing and such, then people started coming to me and saying, hey, Josh, how did you do this? I see what you've done with your business. I want to do that with my business. Can you teach me how to do this? So I started this other company called Influencer Inc. And we help busy executives turn into thought leaders and then use that thought leadership to grow their businesses. So that's how I got this, these two businesses and this side hustle. So at Influencer Inc., we've got courses, we've got training, we've got events that we're putting on to help people with their personal brands and to help people with getting into this thought leadership side of things. So that's where Influencer Inc. came and that's what it came from and that's what Influencer Inc. does. So you now I mentioned my book, Chief Marketing Officers at Work. So this is what led to the whole Richard Branson thing was I wrote this book about CMOs. And this was an effort to bring attention to my agency and say, hey, we know about marketing. We know how to work with CMOs because we really understand CMOs. That's part of why I wrote that book was to position myself as an expert on marketing and an expert at with CMOs because those are clients of my agency. And that book came out in 2016. And at the end of 2016, I got this email from somebody Saying, hey, I've read your book and I want to invite you to come to Necker Island in the Caribbean and hang out on this island for a week with a bunch of other big, huge executives in the marketing world. And I got this email, and at first I thought it was spam. I thought, yeah, this sounds crazy. But then I was thinking, well, they called out my book. This can't be spam. I mean, they were writing directly to me because they mentioned my book. So I wrote back and I thought, well, hey, I'll look in there's probably some catch it's probably like fifty thousand dollars or something crazy to participate in this but hey i'll write back and i'll just see what this is so i wrote back and i said hey this sounds interesting how much does it cost and they wrote back and they're like no we pay for everything we're going to put you up in this nice hotel you're going to hang out with richard branson and all these executives the head of forbes is going to be there and the head of time magazine and all these other companies and we're paying for everything you just have to get yourself there I was like wow I mean this sounds amazing so and I had a friend who was going on the trip I noticed he was on the guest list so I reached out to him I'm like is this legit like is this for real he's like yeah so I went to Necker Island and spent this amazing week there there were just about 80 of us so it wasn't a huge group and we get there and they're Hosting us, and it's just incredible. And then the first night we're having dinner, and Richard Branson comes walking in, and it's just like, Whoa, like this is real! Like, I'm just sitting here, and we're listening to Richard Branson, he's just 10 feet from me, and we're just chatting. And then we sit down to dinner, and he's just sitting at dinner there. And the next morning, he's there at breakfast, just sitting with everybody, eating eggs and toast. And we spent this week with him on this island, talking about marketing and everything to do with marketing. We had all these workshops and stuff, and it was just bizarre. I'm hanging out in the buffet line, getting food, and I'm next to him, and we're chatting about stuff, and so it was just surreal, because I'm just like, man, how did I get here? This is incredible, and the way I got there was because of Forbes, because I started writing for Forbes and these other publications, which then led to the book deal, which then led to me getting invited to be there on that island, and it was just this amazing experience being there with Richard and all these other amazing people.
0: Yeah, that, that's great. That's that's super interesting. Um, uh, uh, in terms of in terms of China, so uh, so Josh, how did you how did you uh end up uh you know kind of uh you know living in China?
1: So the story there, most people move to China because it's some sort of business tie-in. They get a job there, or they have a business that takes them there. And my story is a little bit non-traditional. My wife and I, about six years ago started looking into international adoption and we were interested in adopting from China and then a lot of things aligned with my business where I could work from anywhere and we were free to travel and I looked at my wife one day I was like hey why don't we move to China I mean that'd be an amazing experience for the two kids that we already have and that would help us to get to know the culture of where we're going to be adopting our third child from and get to learn a little bit more about her language and her food and stuff because we're we're working on adopting an older child so she'll be 11 or 12 years old and such and we thought hey this will help us to understand where she's coming from and be able to ease that transition that she'll have into our family so we started looking into it and if we looked at China and we got some advice from friends. They said, "Ah, oh, you don't want to just move to China if you've never lived over there. That's crazy. But you know, check out Taiwan or Hong Kong or Singapore. So we ended up moving to Hong Kong and we were there for three and a half years. And I got an office of my business up and running there. So we've got a bunch of people working in Hong Kong for my marketing agency. That's gone really well. And then about two years ago, we had made enough trips into China that we felt comfortable moving there. And so we moved across the border into China and we're getting an office up and running there. And that's just been an amazing experience, too. It's been great on a personal level for growing and getting to see this other side of the world and kind of burst our bubble that we had living in the U.S. It's just been amazing to travel throughout this huge country and meet all these different people and it's been great for business too it's been great for exposing us to new opportunities that we would never have seen if we hadn't been living over there so it's been great for business as well and it's just been an all around fun experience to be over there it's china is an amazing place it's just mind blowing how fast things are growing there
0: that's that's interesting i one of the one of the things that i'm hearing also which kind of echoes what you're sort of talking about as well with sort of entering into thought thought leadership and trying to go these avenues like in this case is really just kind of exposing yourself to uh, to new opportunities by uh, by doing sort of new things uh, and ultimately the return from these types of exposures and the, the opportunities uh, really are kind of something that that seems to to go through all of this uh, so that's kind of kind of interesting to think about I think as well.
1: Yeah, it's funny. The other day on LinkedIn, or a couple of weeks ago, I was walking to a lunch appointment. I thought, you know, I'm just going to film myself on my phone and talk about how I got here to China and what my story is. And I just told the same story that I just told you about how I moved to China, filmed that on LinkedIn, took me about two minutes to record it. And I put that up on LinkedIn. Now LinkedIn has this native video feature where you can upload video directly there. So I uploaded this video to LinkedIn and It's been seen now like 150,000 times. I've gotten tons of comments on my story about moving to China. It's led to real business. People have contacted me about hiring me as I talked about the agency and I talked about what I'm doing with Influencer Inc. and my move to China. So just that simple little video that I posted talking about my story just struck a chord with so many people and brought so much attention. And that's the type of... Platform that LinkedIn is today, you can just record something that simple, tell your story about your how you started your business or how you landed in your career, or how you got to live wherever you're living, and that can turn into real business for you and bring all sorts of exposure. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's uh, one of the one of the things that I keep on coming across as I speak to other you know entrepreneurs or people that are aspiring entrepreneurs or people maybe that are are kind of seasoned as well and maybe. Uh, are taking a look at, um, you know, why to do uh, certain things. And so ultimately, if you're just trying to get information out on whatever platform and draw attention to yourself from an organic, legitimate way that strikes a chord with people, that attention essentially is going to get them to be in communication with you that may have at least generated an interest in them to, you know, just want to explore more what you do. And if you're centered in what you're doing, you're providing a good product or service that may relate to what they're doing, there's a, a good chance that you will be able to do some type of business together. But ultimately, it's you know, creating that, that type of content to gain that attention. And ultimately, it'll be you know, up to you to be able to convert that. But by bringing that attention and having that conversation or that interaction, that's what ultimately creates the opportunity to create the ROI.
1: Yep. And one of the things I've noticed from sharing my story, I get pretty personal in my content. I, people don't like to talk about themselves and I don't really like to talk about myself either. It's uncomfortable to tell your own story. And yet that's what you really know. That's what makes you unique is your story and your experiences. And so I try to share tips with my audience and say, Hey, here's what I've learned that might be helpful to you, but I often couch that within a story about, well, here's how I learned these tips is by failing and then overcoming and then finding success. And here's what I learned along the way. People love those stories. That's what really connects us to people. And I, and people will come up to me that who I've never met and say, Oh, Hey, I've been reading your stories on LinkedIn. And I feel like I know you. And that's a great feeling when somebody writes you or comes up to you and says, I feel like I know you, even though we've never met, because that means that you're really making a great connection through your content. And so anybody out there listening to this, I hope when you start sharing content, you'll share your stories because yes, it is uncomfortable to talk about yourself. You feel like a narcissist whenever you talk about yourself, but people love those stories. People love to hear that. You don't have to share stories like saying, Oh, I'm so great. I mean, my stories are mostly I'm such a failure, but here's what I've learned from my failure. And I find that when I share those stories, it really builds this connection with people so that they like you, they trust you, and people do business with people that they know, like and trust.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, Josh, I think we really got into a, you know, a lot of really great conversation today that I think is going to be really helpful to a lot of uh, a lot of people in general, entrepreneurs specifically, uh, that are really kind of thinking of of how to uh, really just get more results out of their activities. When one one thought I have, I don't know if this yields any any particular uh, business advice or any thoughts, but uh, in terms of for your your background with skateboarding, I noticed that also in uh, one of your uh, programs in the video that you had skateboards in the back. And you brought that up uh, just now, uh, kind of talking about sort of a specific uh, focus for yourself. And um, you know, in terms of your background, is that, is that more of just a personal interest? Did you ever compete? Or the skateboarding, how does that tie into your, to your story?
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I've never been good enough to compete or anything like that. But I love skateboarding. It saved my life. It was a great influence on me as I was growing up. And when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I uh, ran a skate shop. And that was really my first experience with real entrepreneurship. And that set me out on the path that led me to start various businesses. And so I look back at skateboarding and I think, man, it's brought me so much. It's kept me physically fit. It taught me a lot about trying over and over and over again to do something. And even if you fail, you get up and you try again. And that's how we learn. And that's how we finally succeed. And then it led to all the business opportunities that I have today. So I love skateboarding and my son now, he's eight years old and he's gotten into skateboarding recently and we go out and we skate in the parks together and he's going to rapidly pass me up and be much better than I ever was. But it's just been a great influence in my life.
0: Okay, great. Now it sounds, there's definitely a lot of lessons in, in what you just shared that could probably be broken down you know so much more. And that's, uh, that's really interesting to, to hear that. So um, so great. Well, Josh, I wanna thank you so much for, you know, for joining me this morning. And for being able to, to help, you know, kind of create this content for other individuals. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is something that inspires, you know, inspires them, maybe gives them some other questions to think about some other direction. Uh, and, I'll, we'll definitely put, you know, ways to to contact you in the different forms within the details for the podcast. So anybody, anybody that may have some questions or maybe is going to look for some, some direction, or just want to maybe talk with you a little bit more about some of these experiences, uh, they may be able to, to reach back out to you and, uh, and, and get some help.
1: For sure. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk with you today, Arrow. Yeah, absolutely. It's a real pleasure, Josh. All right.
0: Have have a good one.
1: All right. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.